This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. Others call it non-dual awareness, liberation, enlightenment, or spiritual awakening. It is the heart of all spiritual traditions. This is the Tao of Christ. Good afternoon, this is Marshall Davis. Many Christians talk about having a relationship with God. Evangelicals in particular use this language. They speak of the importance of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And they say this begins when one receives Jesus into your heart or accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior or something like that. This relationship is thought to continue after death in heaven when one will have a relationship with God and Christ forever. Evangelicals frequently distinguish themselves from other Christians like mainline Protestants and Catholics by saying that these groups only have religion. But born-again believers have a relationship with God, and that makes all the difference. The slogan is expressed often in terms like this. It's not a religion, it's a relationship. Or it's not about religion, it's about a relationship with God. You can even buy t-shirts and mugs and caps with that slogan on it if you are so inclined. I go one step further, and I say it's not about religion or relationship. It is about realization. And by realization, I'm talking about self-realization or God-realization, waking up to the spiritual reality that Jesus called the kingdom of God. Others call this spiritual awakening or enlightenment. Jesus referred to this as being born of the Spirit and born again, by which he meant something very different than what evangelicals mean by that term. Jesus also called it eternal life, which likewise was very different than popular Christianity's fantasy of a heavenly theme park. Mainline and evangelical Christianity simply do not go far enough. They do not go as far as Jesus goes and as far as Jesus invites us to go. Now, there's nothing wrong with religion when it is psychologically and socially healthy. There's a lot of unhealthy religion. There's a lot wrong with authoritarian religion. There's the pandemic of toxic religion and abusive religion in our nation today, and unfortunately is gaining strength. It preys on the vulnerable and the gullible. When God is pictured as an abusive divine patriarch and naturally leads to abusive religion run by church authorities who will gladly stand in for an invisible God. But healthy religion can be a good thing for individuals and society. Likewise, there's nothing wrong with having a relationship with God and with Jesus Christ. When it's a healthy relationship, it is unhealthy when it tries to coerce others in society into this particular type of religious 
relationship. But when offered in a society where there is true freedom of religion without coercion of any type, then having a relationship with God can be a good thing. At worst, it is no more harmful than having an imaginary friend. At best, it can be a genuine encounter with the divine. But even at its best, a relationship with God is not the best type of spirituality. It falls far short of our spiritual potential. Perhaps you have heard the saying, the good is the enemy of the best. A relationship with God can be good, but it can also be the enemy of the best. Jesus invited us to the best. He invited his followers to go beyond religion and go to go beyond relationship to realization. According to the Gospel of John, the night before his death, Jesus spent time in prayer and he offered a, a lengthy prayer which is found in the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John. It's often referred to as his high priestly prayer and I've talked about it before. First he prayed for himself and then he prayed for his apostles and finally Jesus prays and I quote him here, not only for these but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So he's talking about his followers and future generations which means us who call ourselves Christians. And this is what he prays for us, I quote again, that they may all be one just as you father are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Now the prayer goes on from here and you can read it for yourself, but that's enough for, for here and for now. Do you hear what Jesus prayed in those sentences? He prayed that we might know oneness with God. And he says this is the same type of oneness that he knew with God. He prayed, again I quote, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us. Now let those words sink in for a moment. Meditate upon them later if you want, phrase by phrase, and see where Christ's words take you. If you are a Christian, then ponder all the different aspects of your Christology, meaning your understanding of Christ, and then realize that that is what Jesus wanted for you. That is what Jesus prayed for you. Jesus says that we are meant to know the same oneness with God as he knew. He makes that clear in the following words. He says, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. Now the word glory is hard to define, but it generally refers to the essence of God in Christ, you might say. 
And this is what we have, according to Jesus. That makes many theologians uncomfortable because it seems to compromise the boundary between divine and human that theists do not want to breach. Most Christian preachers downplay Jesus' words in this high priestly prayer. They cannot believe that Jesus really meant what he seems to be saying, that we might be one with God in the same way that Jesus is one with God. So they ignore these words or they water down his words in order to affirm their previous dualistic form of theism. They say that he was just really just talking about having a, a closer relationship with God, but still a dualistic relationship. I don't think so. He talks about oneness way too much. I take Jesus at his word. He was not espousing dualism here. He proclaimed and he prayed non-dual reality. Jesus talked about something more than having simply a close relationship with God. He's talking about transcending relationship. He's speaking about union with God, which is something Christian mystics have always known and have said is possible. Eastern Orthodoxy, the Eastern Orthodox Church teaches this. They call it the doctrine of theosis. Sometimes it's called apotheosis or deification. I am very grateful to some listeners who have written to me and reminded me that Christianity in the East has always taught what I call non-dual Christianity. Even though Catholicism has downplayed it and Protestantism has outright rejected it, especially evangelical Protestantism. Jesus wants us to have more than a relationship with God or Him. He wants us to know oneness with God, union with God. Relationships are dualistic by nature. Union with God is non-dualistic. Union with God now does not negate that previous experience of relationship with God. It actually fulfills it. It's kind of analogous to when Jesus said he came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Realization of oneness with God does not destroy relationship. It fulfills relationship. There's more to the spiritual life than most Christians realize and than most Christian preachers preach. There's much more to the gospel than mainline and evangelical Christians know. Christian spirituality is more than religion and it is more than having a relationship with God or with Jesus Christ. It is realization of oneness with God. Jesus prayed that we might know this realization. The first letter of John says that if we pray anything according to the will of God, it's done. Well, Jesus prayed according to the will of God. You can be certain of that. And he said it is the will of God that we might know and be and have experience this oneness with God. Jesus' prayer has already been answered. 
It's just a matter of whether it is realized in our lives. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.